Alright guys, welcome back to another video on MMA Unhinged. Today we are back with Oscar from MMA Heads with another podcast. We're going to be talking about our 2020 awards, our, our predictions, what's going to happen in 2021. And we're here to talk about that in this show. And we'll get off straight away, you know, we're going to get jump straight into it with submission of the year, Oscar. Who was your nominees and who, who did you give it to? My nominees were at UFC 254. We saw Habib defeat Justin Gaethje with a triangle choke. In the beginning of the second round, that was an awesome submission. Khabib put himself on his back to get it. Uh, Gaethje looked like he didn't really have much defense for it. And what transpired after really made that submission even more special. 100% that is another. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Another nominee I had was uh, Ariane Lipsky against Luana Carolina. Uh, that was on the Figueredo Benavides card on Fight Island. I think that one was really gnarly to look at, that knee bar. Mm-hmm. And then the third nominee was uh, on that same card in the main event, Figueredo and Benavides. They had their rematch, and uh, Figueredo kept on knocking down Benavides, and then he got him in a rare naked choke and choked the life out of him. You saw the eyes roll on the back of his head. I thought it was really impactful yeah 100 that's some good good nominees it, the only the three nominees are, i think we're doing with every uh subject so you had the uh, benavidez uh habib and um ariana lipsky and you gave it to habib nurmagomedov yes i did i thought uh you know the stakes involved were really the difference maker 100 percent, i agree that what was on as you said there the stake what was on uh what could have happened if he'd lost? If he lost to Justin Gaethje, you know, there's a lot on the line that night for Habib. You know, his his undefeated streak. That 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 you know that O. You know, if he if Habib to, uh, Habib lost, that O would have been would have been gone. Justin Gaethje would have took that O. You know, he's 29 and O in MMA. That you know that some of them that record in MMA is unheard of. The only boxers when you think about boxing, you think of uh, records like that in MMA. That sort of thing doesn't happen, and it's very you know surreal to see someone. With a record like that, but moving on to some my submissions, I mine was sort of the same. I had a, I had a Habib at UFC 254. I had um, uh, Ariane Lipsky, uh, and I also had um, I had uh, he, he literally just pulled off a flying triangle. Oh, Jimmy Flick. Jimmy Flick, yes, there uh, he, he, there were my nominations. I had Jimmy Flick, Ariane Lipsky, and um. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, but I, I gave it to Ariana Lipsky because I think that submission, it just looked nasty. The way she just grabbed that knee, pulled it back, and you just see the scream from Carolina yeah. afterwards. It was just, it was gruesome. I didn't want to see it. Every time I watch it back, I just look at it and I just grimace him. Oh, it's just dreadful to watch back. I don't like it. The knee just looks oh, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But yeah, there were my three nominations. I had um, Jimmy Flick, Habib Nurmagomedov, and Aaron Lipsky. And I did give it to Aaron Lipsky. I think that submission was just out of this world. And absolutely, as you said there, as the Americans put it, absolutely gnarly. Absolutely gnarly that submission was. Yeah, it's rare that you see a fighter uh, express pain in the octagon. Everybody tries to hide it, but she could not in that case. I don't think anyone could hide that. That was just the way she pulls that pulls that knee back. Oh, absolutely! You know, just grimacing, absolutely grimacing. So we'll move on to the to the next award. Uh, I'll let Oscar introduce the next one. What what one we got next? We have the 2020 Event of the Year. 
Okay, what, what, and what were your nominees? Okay, I had oh. uh, UFC 254, uh, UFC 256, and I had uh, Hooker versus Poirier. And I've been... Oh, I had... Mm -hmm. Go on, what were yours? I had UFC 256, UFC 249, and UFC 250. Ooh. I, li I like that UFC 249. Uh, that was a really good card. Let's take a look at these cards. I think I thought that these uh, fight cards on paper, some of them may have not been as uh, strong as you'd have thought, but what ended up happening to those nights were, were just, it was crazy. 100%. I do think this is one of the better years in UFC history. Let's take a look at these uh, early prelims for UFC 4-9. We kick it off with Ryan Spann and Sam Alvey. That's not a bad fight. That could be on any main card. And then you got Bryce Mitchell and Charles Rosa. That was a grappling clinic right there. And Carla Sparsa and Michelle Watterson. Let me remind you that Michelle Watterson had just headlined a fight night against Ioana Janjacek in her previous fight. And now she was on the prelims. We have Pettis and Cowboys rematch on the in the prelims. It's ridiculous. Stuff like this on this card is what got it nominated. And what happened was insane. And UFC 250, you had Nunez and Spencer. Everybody thought that was a terrible main event because we really didn't give uh, Spencer a chance. But when you look at that night, we saw Garbrandt get possibly knock out of the year. We saw Sugar Sean O'Malley get possibly knock out of the year. And we even saw uh, a great um, a great performance by somebody like a Ian Heinish against Gerald Mearshart. We saw, uh, 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 who did he fight? Brian Kelleher. Brian Kelleher, who did he fight on that card? Uh, could, um... Cody, uh, Cody Stamen, yes. Oh, yeah, Cody Stamen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a big story. Cody Stamen had lost his brother that night. Oh, yeah. It, it was a really good card. UFC 256, I don't need any, I don't think anybody needs a refresher on that card. It was the last pay-per-view of 2020. We saw awesome finishes. All night long, we even saw four knockouts in a row. Four knockouts in a row. That's pretty unheard of in the UFC. Was it at this, four, uh, four knockouts level. as well to kick off the card? If I'm correct, or something. Uh, no. The first, the first, uh, the first fight of the night was Chase Hooper and oh, Peter yeah. Barrett with yeah. the comeback of the year, possibly with that heel hook in the third round. That was amazing. And then the. Maybe the fight of the year in the main event. How can you say no to that card? And what was your winner for that event, for that uh, award? Uh, I had, uh, uh, let me quickly give a recap of uh, the cards I had. At UFC 254, I think that was just a huge card in general for the UFC that year. And uh, 256, I think that has to be up there. Just the fights that it delivered. I think that main event really pushed it over the line for me. That main event was crazy for the flyweight division. And this was a like flyweight division at the moment is probably the best we've ever seen it. And it, this was a division that was gonna UFC was gonna cut. You know they were gonna get rid of the 125 pounders. And now it's probably one of their best divisions that they've built up. They've probably look at the names they have in that division at the moment. We're talking about Manel Cape, Alexandra Pajota, and you know Tim Elliott, uh, Brandon Royval, Deverson Figueredo, Joseph Benavides, uh, uh, Brandon Moreno. Now the list goes on and on and on. And the 125 pound division looks stacked. Jimmy Flick now just introduced himself to the 125 pound division. It's incredible. But uh, moving on, I had 250, 256. I think the fights that night were incredible. 
But I also had um, UFC Fight Night, Pori versus Hooker. I think that fight there and the, the card was absolutely incredible. But I did, I think I did give it to UFC 254. I think, the, you know, the stack jar, you know, the, how much was on the line for Habib that night. We talked about that. And I think it was just a really, really big event. How um, closely the, uh, the Dubai natives, you know, they held Habib. He, he looked like a prince over there. The way they, the way they conducted himself when Habib was around, yeah. it was crazy. And he was like, what? I think he had a police escort to the arena. It was, yes, he it, did. It was ridiculous. This is a UFC fighter. He's getting a police escort. You know, this is things that are unheard of in the MMA world. And it was just incredible to see what happened that night. You, and, you know, Habib went out there, did his thing, d- destroyed D- Justin Gaethje, beat him, you know, took him to the ground, submitted him with that triangle choke, was going to go for the armbar, switched it, because I think there was like uh, before the fight, he had like something to do with his toes or something like that. I don't know, but you know, he submitted him at the end and he got that triangle choke. And he, you know, he improves to twenty nine and zero. Then he retires. I think that you know, it was it was just a a really good night of fights that night. And I think that was my event of the year, the one I enjoyed enjoyed the most. And uh, yeah, that that's why that's why I chose UFC two fifty four. I'm actually gonna say UFC two fifty six. Because uh, that was actually like a shorter card. It was very digestible. It didn't really uh, overstay its welcome. Every single fight delivered. I thought that there was some boring fights on uh, on the other cards that we mentioned. Even though the cards as a whole were great. I thought that every fight uh, either had a finish or if it wasn't a finish, it was entertaining in some way. I guess the most boring fight you could say on 256 was Oliveira and Ferguson. But that fight was so significant that... That didn't really matter. 100%. So I'm gonna have to give it to 256. But also, also, uh, I do think the fight night of the year was that Marais Sanhagen card. If you look at that card on the prelims, Damn, yeah. three guys. This is something that's uh, very remarkable. Three guys that were eight and zero got knocked out back to back to back. Isn't is that crazy? That's Undefeated crazy. guys just getting that. knocked out like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Impa Kasanga and I got knocked out. We Rodrigo and Nascimento got knocked out. And then uh, KB Buller got knocked out. Uh, those all happened back to back to back. Yeah. That was amazing. And it produced probably one of the greatest knockouts that the UFC has ever seen with Joe Hogan Buckley. Sorry that I'm trying to sort my light out here. Everything's going wrong at the moment. But yeah, as you said there, you know, Mahari Sanhagen had Johan Buckley, you know, produced probably one of the best knockouts the UFC has probably seen within the decade. Absolutely incredible knockout. We'll get onto that later later this evening with uh, with the award show. But uh, next up, we'll probably, well, what do you, what do you, what do you fancy moving on, to, moving on to? I say we move on to the 2020 Breakout Fighter of the Year. Okay, who's your, who's your nominees? Who you got? I had Rob Dwalashvili, Kevin Holland, and Marvin Vittori. Great, I like the nomination, especially like the Marab one. Yeah, you know, I feel like he maybe didn't get enough credit this year. You know, had a great, uh, fantastic 2020. Uh, 2020. Yes, yeah, so if you look back at his 2020, he had an awesome year. He landed five percent of all takedowns in 2020 in the UFC. Isn't that isn't that crazy? He went three and zero. People forget that because one of his uh, wins was before the pandemic against Casey Kenny. He out wrestled a, a guy who was a who was a, he used to be like a really big name in judo. And uh, you look at Kevin Holland, the only oh, and let's talk about Marab. Uh, what he did as well uh, with uh, 
with that win against John Dotson. He literally sent John Dotson out of the UFC. John Dotson had a competitive fight with Mighty Mouse, if you remember that. Yeah. And he, remember last year, if you told me who Rob was, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And now he's number 12 in the world. And Bantamweight is one of the best divisions the UFC has right now. Yeah, you've put it perfectly. Probably the best division, if not the best. Like it's probably the the, stack, the most stacked division that we have in the UFC at the moment. To get into the top fifteen at the bantamweight, you know, you've got to have some, you know, some ability. I think about it, uh, Sugar Sean. I don't think he's even ranked anymore in the bantamweight. Oh, if not on the cusp. He's of, not. He's exactly. He's not even ranked. Rohani Barcelos. Yeah, Rohani saw uh, yeah, Barcelos. He's not even ranked in the uh, in the bantamweight division. You've got. And he's uh, finding a. Uh... Asensio, uh, yes, and you know you just got to think about to get into that top fifteen in the bantamweight division. You've got to have, you got to have, you got to have it. You got to be something special to get in that top fifteen. Yes, so, and uh, carry on. Oh, Kevin Holland. Uh, uh, we really don't really need to say say, but he went five and zero. That's that's a big deal. More wins than anybody else. He's only the third fighter to ever do that. You'll see history. I believe uh, the other guys to do it were Roger Huerta and uh, Neil Magny. And he beat uh, Anthony Hernandez, Joaquin Buckley. We already talked about him. Darren Stewart, who's no walk in the park. Uh, Charlie Ontiveros, a uh, a uh, welterweight from the UF, from the Bellator, and uh, he kicked. He he ended it with Jacare Souza, who I thought he would have been the champion if Bisping wasn't getting these these uh these fights against a uh, favorable competition, like say. Uh, uh, Dan Henderson or um, GSP, who was like a, a retired champion. I thought that Chaka Rizzo could have been champion during that time. Yeah, so and who, if, did you, who did you give it to? Out of those two, uh, I had to go with Kevin Holland. 5-0. Some people even said he was fight of the year. I disagree with that. When you look at uh, the competition he faced, not a single of them were ranked. And when you got champions who defended their belts, more than once, how how can you say no to the champions? Yeah, but uh, I gave I, it to Kevin Holland. Last yeah. year, he ended his year with a submission loss to Brendan Allen. And look at him now. Look at him now. Exactly. That's... He's fighting Derek Brunson. Mm-hmm. In a main event as well. Yes, March uh, 20th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being ranked in the top 10 and number 10. Yeah, our middleweight, you know, uh, division. Uh, that um, after his win against uh, was it against um, uh, Souza? Which I think Izzy was in attendance, or was it the one before that? No, it was the Charlie Ontiveros fight on yeah, Halloween. Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, Izzy was in attendance, called him out. You know, that's a good little bit of a storyline between them. Hopefully, we get to I see would them. I would love that. Yeah, I would love that fight. I think the trash talk between Kevin Holland and Israel Adesanya that would that would be something special. And who were your nominees? Nominees for breakout fight of the year. Um, I had obviously I, I include Hamzat Chimaev. I think everyone before 2020, everyone didn't know who Hamzat Chimaev was. That you know, if you're an MMA fan, he just burst into the scene. Uh, he flew over in Dubai hoping for a UFC short notice fight. Got that destroyed um, on his debut. Um, was it against who was his debut? Against? It was against John Phillips. Um, John the Phillips. white Mike Tyson. Yes. John Phillips. The white yeah. Mike Tyson. Yes. And then he defeated Reese McKee, and then he beat Jared uh, Mershart in his uh, in his recent outing. But yeah, I think I think he had an incredible 2020, and his uh, his rise his rise to fame as well. Uh, when he came into the UFC, I think he had 15k followers. 
and now he's on like a, mi- a million. Is incredible. Yeah, one point one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the, now he was meant to schedule uh, Leon Edwards. Uh, uh, I was uh, a couple of times, uh, three or four times now. They're trying to reschedule that one again. I think they should have moved on with that fight and just you know run it down again down the line. I think it's just, you know, I don't want to happen a Tony Ferguson situation. Just, you know, Leon Edwards needs to fight. Just let him fight. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully they run that down. Hopefully they actually get a fight this time, Hamza and uh, Leon. But it's a great fight nonetheless. And this is guess to show us, you know, is Hamza legit? Is it, you know, I don't think he's beat any legitimate competition. So we can't really, you know, go off who he's beat. But we, we're going to see against Leon Edwards if he's the real deal or not. This is a great fight and I can't wait. But, yeah, I had Hamza Chumayev, Kevin Holland. And uh, I probably would include jo- uh, jo- Joaquin Buckley, but that loss to Kevin Holland was probably, you know, yeah, what, it wasn't. It was, he would have, yeah, he would have made if he didn't lose to um, Kevin Holland. Yes, he definitely would have uh, probably been my breakout fight of the year. But in this case, I had to give it to Kevin Holland, five and zero in in in, M- in MMA in twenty twenty. That's ridiculous. Most people don't even fight five times in in a year, let alone get five wins back to back to back. It was an incredible year for him and, and some good names under his belt in that in the 2020 as well. Let's not forget he did that in seven months. He didn't fight before the pandemic. Exactly. Incredible. In not and, even um, a year, seven months. He, if he fought before that pandemic, it could have been six, maybe seven. We never know. Yeah, let me rattle off some other names I believe deserve some recognition as breakout fighter. Also, uh, let, let me keep in mind that um, I, I did not include fighters that uh, were – were outside of the UFC in uh twenty nine in uh twenty nineteen because uh because I wanted to keep it like a UFC only so like people that were having a tough time in the UFC or may- maybe they just weren't that big of a name yet and they really came out of their shell in twenty twenty and just uh, became uh just put their name on uh just put their name in the mix with the with the bigger names I said Marvin Vittori he went two and zero only two and zero but Let's not forget where he ended up. He ended up in the top five with wins over uh, Carl Robinson and Jack Robinson. I also said Marching Tybura. He never really got the ball rolling, but he went 4-0. Yeah, he had a great comeback. And I think about how he, you know, what went wrong with him. Came back 4-0, you said. Incredible, incredible year for him. Yeah, and I also had to mention Giga Chikadze. I thought he debuted this year, but he actually debuted last year. And nobody really knew him until this year. He started getting these wins against against a uh, pretty high level competition. Omar Moraz was undefeated when he fought him, and uh, he's been looking great. He's a karate champion, and I think he deserves somebody in the top ten next because we've seen a really good skill set from him. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Devison Figueiredo has the shout of breakout fight of the year. You know, he, he rejuvenated yeah. the 125 pound division. Think about how good that 125 pound maneuver. He just made it that more interesting. If 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 Figueiredo is fighting on a card, I think everyone's going to be watching now. Yes, uh, a lot of people would have uh, would have not even mentioned Figueiredo as a top contender last year in the UFC. I was actually listening to Ari Helrani's uh, show, his award show with uh, New York Rick, and he was talking about the people that he considered to be breakout fight of the year. And he actually mentioned uh, Figueroa. He said, I wouldn't have known who he was if he slapped me in the face last year. <laughs> and now I think he's one of the best in the UFC. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have even known if he cut your hair last year because he was a barber. It, he, he would have cut your hair last year and you yeah. wouldn't have known. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. His rise to fame. If he made your ridiculous. sushi. <laughs> yeah, his rise yeah. to fame in 2020 was ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, the defenses yep. against... um. 
uh, when he won the belt against uh, Benavidez the first time, you know, he couldn't have won it. But that was in 2019 and 2019, I believe. And then they ran it in 2020, I think he won the belt. Or was that 2019 yeah, um, still? Uh, uh, what was in 2019? Oh, uh, did he fight Benavidez both in 2019? Yes, it was in, uh, it was in February and July. Oh, okay. Then then he fought uh, uh, Perez and then... Yeah, yeah, okay. I got you. Moreno, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good year for him, though. Uh, 2-0 in, in 2020? No, he's actually 3-0-1. Wait, so, so he fought Benavides in, in 2020? Twice. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know this year has been like a... It's been like a time warp, you know? What? That, that feels so long ago. Yes, he's 3-0-1. So he's free and oh, that that that, that puts him up even a lot in, in my in my eyes. No losses, Un, no losses, yeah. Unbeaten in four title fights. Mm, that, that's incredible to even get in a title fight and you know to even get to that that point in your career. And he didn't it's lose. Fantastic. He didn't lose. And he didn't even lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I think that will he'll he'll I think he's on my list anyway for fight of the year. But uh, we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, let's. Yep. I got to do my breakout fight of the year. I don't think I did. I choose, I choose uh, Kevin Holland, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I think you said Shemaev. No, I, I, I think I chose uh, Kevin Holland. I think it was five and zero. Oh, yeah. yeah, five and zero. Oh, I think he had a great year. Beat all the. Yeah, beat, I, beat I decided it was Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Kevin with five and zero. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Should we say fight of the year? Fight of the year, absolutely. Fight. Yes. Fight of the year. So my nominees, I had uh, obviously. Is uh, Zhang versus JJ? I think that fight was absolutely incredible. And then I had um, I had Hooker versus Poirier. I think that fight was ridiculous. And then also I had um, uh, uh, the last fight of the year, Davison Figueiredo versus Brendan Moreno. That was my three, that was my top two. But some honorable mentions. I've got to say that Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny. That was a great fight. Oh. Or the Frankie Edgar versus yeah. Or the Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz. That some great fights. In 2020, we were stacked. And this is probably one of the worst years for the UFC. But they, then they turned it round straight after the, you know, the, the coronavirus, and they proved that they, they probably made it to from the start of the worst to the best. They, they it started so badly for the UFC, and then it, they got they got it all together, and it's probably the best year the UFC has had in probably a, a long while. Dana said they broke every record, um, basically except the the attendance record, of course. <laughs> yeah, who was your nominees for fight of the year? Fight of the year, uh, it was similar to yours. I said, uh, Zhang, uh, Zhang Weili and uh, Joanna Yanchechek at UFC two four eight, and uh, in March before this pandemic, it was one of the, it was the second last fight with fans this year uh, with uh fans I, last year. I think year. I know who you're and, gonna go for. And then I said, uh, Hooker and Poirier, yeah. those boys. Those boys had the best round of the year. In round two, those guys swung for the fences. I thought Hooker was going to knock him out. And the third nominee I said was uh, was Figueroa and Moreno in UFC 256 uh, back in December. That was awesome. That fourth round was amazing as well when Moreno started beating him up. Yeah, 100%. A great year of fight. So who, who did you give it to? And I, of course, gave it to Zhang Weili and Joanna Janczajczyk. There is and no one of the more deciding factors um, mm. in me giving it to them was they never stopped. Yeah. In the other fights, those guys clearly were fatigued near the end because uh, because they really gave it their all in those previous rounds. Mm. 
But Yoanna Janjacek, Yoanna Janjacek, and Zhang Weili, they never stopped. They just kept on going. I was I was actually at a friend's house for that, and uh, and people really didn't care too much about the fight heading into it. And by the end, everybody was on the edge of their seat, and nobody knew who had won the decision. Uh, but uh, we kind of knew because of the hematoma on Yoanna Janjacek's head. Yeah, that that was a nasty hematoma. I just it is ridiculous. She looked like an an alien. Signed Cat Monster Inc. after that fight. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That that was my, my fight of the year as well. There is no really any competition. You know, the the pace them ladies set for twenty five minutes, a championship fight, just absolutely going at it. Absolutely incredible. As you said there, in the other two fights they kinda of slowed down a bit uh, a little bit. But these women they went at it for twenty five minutes straight. There was no stopping between any minute, any round. They were going at it. It was an incredible fight. And we showed, you know, the mentality of uh, the, the champion, Weili Ziang, that she is a championship-level material fighter. And she, she looked good in that fight. And hopefully we get to see her return soon. And uh, hopefully there's some little bit of title picture and whether what's happening with that that division at the moment. A little bit of uncertainty. Where, if, does Rose want to fight? Does Rose not want to fight? She says she does. Dennis says she doesn't. It's a bit uncertainty. Hopefully we get to see her back soon. Absolutely incredible war between Zhang versus JJ. And uh, hopefully, you know, we get to see him back soon. Yeah, I, I do know that uh, that fight set like a record or something. It was like the second most significant strikes in a fight ever. I think number one was Holloway and uh, Ortega. Mm -hmm. And that was number two with 351 significant strikes landed. Oh wow, that that's incredible! They set a pace that has probably would never be matched in a title fight in a women's fight ever again. That is, is ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I do believe that uh, Weili Zhang uh, commented on the post. She thanked you for the award, so we don't need a accepting speech from you, Weili. <laughs> Not this time around. Maybe next year if she's in another war. <laughs> uh, All what right should, then. What should we move on to? Uh, KO of the year, and then we'll leave fighter of the year for last and maybe come back in a yes. year if you like absolutely mm -hmm. all right so who was your our, uh k fight was it ko of the year ko of the year yes ko of the year uh these ko's this year were were off the chain i do believe that uh we saw possibly the greatest knockout of all time between impa kasanganai and joaquin puckley uh he called it a wakanda style spinning back kick it was it was just out of this world it's the type of things you see in movies and you're like that wouldn't happen in real life i you know i watch mma i know what happens in real fights that doesn't happen <laughs> and that happened and the way he fell the way his eyes rolled in the back of the head the way john gooden and dan hardy stood up and in just pure amazement it it's just really up there for me and the other nominees for me were uh garbrandt and sun sao at the end of the second round, uh, Garbrandt looked like he was a uh, like he was very confident in himself. He grabs the fence and he just swings for the fences with one second left, and he knocks out Rafael Sensao cold. He was on a three fight skid. He had gone to sleep three times in a row, and doing that to a former uh, contender like uh, Rafael Sensao was just it was a really big deal for him. And that's why it's on this list. And the third one, I had to go with Kevin Holland against Chaka Ray Souza. That was amazing. Uh, we rarely see that. The only other time we saw that was between Nico Price and Randy Brown, where uh, I do believe that uh, Randy Brown was inside control, and Nico Price just started rain, raining down a hammer fist 
from the bottom and he put him to sleep and that's what happened here again Kevin Holland said uh, he had a dream about this he didn't want to get bullied by Jacare and uh, Jacare thought he was safe because he because I do hear that he's opening a jiu-jitsu school in Florida he's always doing jiu-jitsu and in jiu-jitsu you can't punch a guy in the face so when he got punched out um, from the top he was just it was just um he was just uh very confused and before he knew it he was his lights were turned out. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that my fight my KO of the years uh, was that uh, Jordan Buckley, you know that, that incredible spinning kick that uh, Dan Hardy said it was a uh, something to do with Taekwondo. You know, leg, leg on the uh, foot on the bag, spin kick, land it on the chin. Uh, brilliant, absolutely incredible uh, knockout that was. And then I had um. Cody Garbrandt versus Rafael uh, Hensensau. I think that was incredible. The way he loaded up that punch, it was like all the way from down from like his, his kneecap and just swings. It was ridiculous. And he lands clean on that chin and puts the lights out from Hensensau. Incredible knockout. You know, it, ridiculous. And uh, I think my um, my third one will probably end up being... Um, who, who, uh, Kevin Holland versus uh, Souza. I think the way he done it, you know, a lot of people think uh, when uh, Kevin Holland, you know, uh, Souza got Kevin Holland to the ground, it would be like, that that would be game over. Souza would, you know, look for a uh, submission, uh, advance to submission, tap him out eventually. But Kevin Holland looked good on the ground. He was hitting him with the the ground shots, them elbows to the head as well when he got to the ground, elbowing him to the head, and then eventually got that finish. You know, uh, in in kind of a kind of a stacked guardish. Uh, Souza was stood uh, on his knees. Kevin Holland steps up, hits him with that short right hook from the ground, hurts him, and then just finishes him off. Them nasty, unnecessary hammer punches. But it was it was, it was like a murder scene when I watched that knockout. The way he did it, and uh, the way uh, Souza was bent over, and uh, Kevin Holland was just on top of him. Boom! Raining punches. It was like a murder scene. I, I couldn't watch. It was ridiculous. But nonetheless, there was one clear winner here. It has to be Joaquin Buckley. One of the best knockouts we've ever seen in the UFC. And one of maybe the best knockouts in the decade of 2010 to 2020. That that really could be the best knockout we've ever seen in the UFC. An absolutely incredible knockout. So my KO of the year would have been Joaquin Buckley versus Impo Kisagna. Yeah, I got to agree there. Uh, so we've got maybe we should uh, do uh, upset of the year, maybe comeback of the year. Yes, upset of the year. Upset of the year. Okay, so um, would you like to go first for upset of the year? Uh, yes. Uh, these uh, nominees were really interesting for me because I didn't really go off the odds. I don't know how the odds uh, work in the UK necessarily, but over here in the United States, uh, we do uh, a plus and minus system. A plus is a is a uh, underdog. So it's like the bigger the number is, the bigger the underdog they were. So uh, let me tell you right here, Shannon Dobson and Maria Agapova was that was crazy because Shannon Dobson had a losing record heading into the fight. I believe her record was three and four. So everybody was writing her off. It was looking like a like a boxing matchup to be honest, where you're just bringing this this uh, like this can for somebody to just run them over, and that did not happen. She gassed out, and uh, she got the ground and. Uh, Shannon Dobson got the grounded pound finish. That was uh that was actually in in Vegas. That was that was one of the bigger upsets we've ever seen. I do but I do think it was the biggest in history. When you look at the the odds, I believe it was the biggest in history. If you want to know uh the odds, uh 
she was a plus a thousand and a hundred and fifty underdog. That was crazy. That was the biggest underdog uh, she was on a on a betting site. If you want to look at the others, uh, Roxanne against uh, Macy Barber at the first end of that of twenty twenty, the Connor uh, the Connor Cowboy card, and that was that was crazy because uh, Barber got injured and Montefiore was able to just take her down and control her and get some ground and pound. She didn't finish her, but uh, she got the unanimous decision, and she was a plus five twenty five underdog. And the other one I had. Was it wasn't the biggest underdog, but the stakes in here and everything. It was a main event. Uh, Derek Brunson and Edmund Shabazzian. That was a really big deal because Edmund was was going to be like people were saying, oh, he's the next John Jones. He's going to be champion when he's twenty one or something like that. And uh, Edmund just did, just was not prepared to face somebody as good as Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson ran him over. He he did some serious damage to that kid that like. Remember, he had gone to the stool. He was very wobbly. Herb, I believe Herb waved his arms, calling off the fight, but then he was like, nah, never mind, never mind. And then uh, Edmund went out there, and he just got just got demolished. Yeah, and I also have to mention, um, I also have to mention Marlon Cheeto Vera and Sugar Sean O'Malley. Everybody was saying, oh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's, he's going to, you know, just knock him out in the first round. That didn't happen. And now we got a big star in Marlon Vera. What were your nomi- nominees? As, as you said there, I had uh, Shannon Dobson versus Maria Agapova. I think that, as you said there, the betting line was ridiculous. Imagine if you put, you know, a £10 or whatever, $10 on Shannon Do- uh, Dobson. You would have made a lot back. I, I, I do believe that would result in, in like a $1,000 profit. So, something crazy. That's something incredible. crazy. That's incredible. I, I, I don't even know how to work the stocks on GTA 5. I, I don't know what to do on, you know, betting. I have no idea. I have no idea about betting or stocks. Yeah, I, like I legally can't. I, I can't legally bet right now, but uh, I keep my eyes on the lines, you know, for when I turn 21. Oh, yeah, you can't bet in the UK till 21. Uh, USA till 21. Until 21. I, oh, I can that's... always get my dad to bet for me, but... Oh, that's sucks, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that works out. In the UK, it's eighteen, so I'm 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 legally allowed to bet. Oh, well, I might have to give you some tips. I do I do believe I was like seventy six percent correct last year. I think I calculated it. Yeah, I, I unfortunately I, I don't bet though, which is uh, which is, which is I'm not a better man. I don't like to get into the gambling addiction yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I would hate to be a degenerate and just ended up being yeah. a degenerate. That would suck, but. Hey, if it if it makes it more exciting, uh, you do you. Yeah, but I but, think I will end up doing it. I got some I yeah. got some friends who make some serious bank off of it. Exactly, I, I I'm on Pub Sports quite a lot, and we're, and they do a lot of betting betting over there on Pub Sports Radio, and I I think it would be just be you know really good just to have you know that few bets on there, and uh, just you know the, the tension the, the reason why I don't bet. Is because I like to be neutral between the the both the fighters, and I feel like if I bet on someone, I'm gonna want them to win. Yeah, that yeah, that's all. Uh, that's obviously the thing. There's actually some uh, some sites where you can like where they do free contests. Like I know ESPN over here where I watch uh, the events uh, over there on their website, they give away like uh, I believe it's five grand for every pay per view. All you gotta do is just get the most picks correct. I've been in the top. Five. I've been in second place. I just 
never get that number one spot, but one day I will. <laughs> and one day you'll get it. So as uh, we're talking about my uh, upset year, with uh, Shadow Dobson versus Maria Nagapova, Roxanne Murferi versus uh, Macy Barber, and and I think uh, one what needs to be included probably was maybe not as most as the other two, but I think Joan, uh, Jan Blachowicz versus Dominic Reyes. I think a lot of people thought Dominic Reyes was going to you know beat Jan after his close fight against uh, John Jones, and then Jan with his Polish power out of nowhere that huge left hand. Drops uh, Dominic Reyes and finishes the fight. I think uh, Jan was definitely uh, upset coming into that fight. I think you know a lot of people, uh, you know, um, thought he was going to lose against Dominic Reyes, and he went in there, you know, got that um, that, that title, and now he's the UFC light heavyweight champion. Uh, I feel like he's might, and now he's got a stiff test though in front of him. He's got Israel Adesanya stepping up from middleweight. We'll, we'll see what, how that fight goes on, but you know, my uh, upset of the year has to be Shanna Dobbs versus Maria Agapova. No one gave her a sniff in that fight. And she came out and she finished her. She finished the fight. It was incredible. A lot of people were high on Maria Agapova as well. In her debut, it was against Hannah Cyphers, I believe. She went on there, put a good clinic. She she looked good. Came against Shanna Dobson. Uh, even Dana White was high on her. She wanted a, He wanted a quick turnover for Maria Agapova. I remember she, she, he beat, um, she beat um, Hannah Cyphers. And Dana, Dana White says, oh, we like her. We want her to have a quick turnover. She has a quick turnover. Against Shannon Dobson, then she loses. She gets finishes. An absolutely incredible story for that for the 2020. Shannon Dobson, as you said, there three and four. You know, if she lost that fight. She could have been cut from the UFC. It's probably a job-ending loss. She would have got cut, especially with the UFC how they are. They put she probably would have been cut then. And uh, you know, she got that win. A huge underdog. And if you betted on her, you're an absolute living legend. You probably made a lot of money that night from her. Absolutely. All right, so final one before we let everyone go. Uh, fighter of the year. Who did you who did you choose and why? All right, here are my nominees. I had to go with Jan Bojovic. What he said, we just mentioned his big upset win against Race. But before that, people forget this. People forget about all the fights before the pandemic. People act like the pandemic was like the whole year for the UFC. But uh, before that, back in February, he put Corey Anderson's lights out in the first round and sent him to Bellator. He, he, he basically, he gave him extreme brain damage. Corey Anderson was hiking a month later and he just blacks out. He collapses like that kind of brain damage caused by that guy's power. It's, it's insane. It's, it's bad for your health. <laughs> and, uh, the second nominee I went to with Israel Adesanya. He was, on pace to becoming a big star last year, and this year he blossomed into this like really huge star, this big, this big, uh, this big superstar that we're gonna see fight for a second title next year, and oh, this year actually in March against uh, Jan Blachowicz that I previously mentioned, uh, he beat uh, Yoel Romero. That was a terrible fight, but if you get your hand raised against Yoel Romero. I don't have anything bad to say about you because Yo Romero's a beast. And he beat Paulo Costa, the guy who beat Yo Romero. And he absolutely schooled them and put on a legendary performance. So that's why he was able to be nominated. If he put on another bad performance, I would have said no. But the third nominee I went with was Davison Figueredo. As we met previously mentioned, he's 3-0-1. And they were all title fights. He never lost in a title fight. Uh, the Benavides title fight, uh, the first one, 
That was in February. Benavides was the only man who could win the belt that night, but that didn't matter. Figueredo, Figueredo still went out there and knocked him out. The headbutt may have played a factor in it, but I do think he would have won anyway. Besides um, the fact that uh, I had picked Benavides before the fight, but once I saw him in there, I saw how good Figueredo was. And then he was able to clear his name with a weight cut, the headbutt, and choke him out. And then he went in there against Perez. He chokes the he chokes him with a guillotine in two minutes. And then he has a quick turnaround three weeks after with another brutal weight cut. And he goes to a trial with Brandon Moreno. And let's be honest, if that point was not taken away, the judges would have given it a Figueredo. That's the only reason it was a draw. So Figueredo, to me, is fight of the year uh, with something. Doing things like that makes you... I give credit to people that do things like that. Three weeks, a three week, uh, three weeks in between title fights. That's just unheard of. You never see that. Steven Miocic only wants to fight one time a year. He he's he's like refuses to fight like two times, even even in like even in in a year where he doesn't take a lot of damage. He re, he just refuses to fight that often. And when a guy like Figueroa who does these insane weight cuts does it, I gotta give him credit. I, I agree. I, I've also got him on my list, but who who's your fight of the year, Tony? Oh yes, I went with Davis and Figueredo. The things he did, I I gotta give him his due. Yeah, I, you pretty put it uh, nail on the head right there. Everything you said there was correct. Uh, Davis and Figueredo was in my list. I also had Kevin Holland. I think he had just had a really good, solid 2020 year, but he just didn't, as you said there, just didn't really make it, you know, good enough because Davis and Figueredo title fights, you know, three oh and one. Looked absolutely incredible. And then uh, my last one uh, was a bit surprising. I, I thought to myself, it was, I had Valentina Shevchenko. She she defended her belt twice. She, she defended her belt against um, uh, Jennifer Maya. And uh, I, I, the first one's gone out of my head, but I can't. I can't uh, it was Caitlin Shukagan at yeah. UFC 247, the she, Jones race card. Yeah, she finished it. I finished her in that fight. And then uh, Jennifer Maya, it wasn't the best defense in my opinion. I think there was a little bit of a flaws that we saw in uh, Shevchenko's game a little bit, but, you know, she still looked dominant in that fight, got over that fight, but, you know, we've seen that she's very vulnerable. She got taken down uh, and controlled on the ground as well, but, you know, she I, I feel like that Figueredo, man, he was incredible 2020, and he has to be the fighter of the year, and that is my fighter of the year, Davison Figueredo. He, he an absolutely incredible 2020 for him. He lit up that division. And now it's probably one of the most best, the best divisions that the UFC have at the moment. Absolutely incredible year for the man, and made a lot. Uh, ho hopefully, he gets a new contract as well, gets that pay per view points as well. That's ridiculous that he's not getting pay per view points. Yeah, I do believe that you for sure get pay per view points after two successful title defenses. So, uh, for that Brandon Moreno rematch, he better get paid because the kinds of performances he puts on, he should get compensated for. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Well, I think that's the end of uh, 2020 awards with me and Oscar. I think that's uh, all we got for you today. And uh, tune in next week where we'll be talking about uh, maybe Conor McGregor and uh, the Conor McGregor versus um. Oh my God, how did I forget Dustin, that? Conor, Dustin, Dustin Poirier. Poirier. Oh my God, the probably one of the biggest fights of 2021. <laughs> and I've got it out of my head. Uh, uh, Dustin versus um. Uh, uh, Conor McGregor. Oh my God. Conor McGregor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Holloway versus um. Cater, Cater. Alvin Cater. Yeah, what an absolute Boston fantastic fight. Yeah. Uh, what absolute fantastic fight between and let's the not, two. Let's not forget it's going to be Saturday, 
Wednesday, Saturday uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. And Chiesa and Magni are going to go at it for five rounds in between there. That's a that's, that's a, a solid fight. That's, that's a really a, tough yeah. fight to pick. Yeah, 100% that's a tough I fight agree. to pick. We'll talk so, about this. Uh, yep. What's that? Yeah, I think next week. I think next week we'll probably do a Halloween cater, and I and possibly the next week we'll do uh Conor McGregor's fight against Poirier and uh Chiesa and Magni. I guess that might be how we do it. But either way, we're gonna have a a week where we're doing two fights, so that's gonna be a really long show. I hope you guys uh listen to all of it, and also we might have some interviews uh coming. To you shortly, we had interviews with Modestus Bacalcus, Kai Kamaka III, and Cameron Elsie, and those were all pretty good, and we'll bring more to you very shortly. Yeah, I've got two more ready to go. I, I've got, I've just got to edit them. Uh, I don't know if to release their names, but um, yeah, we've got Chris Duncan and uh, Randy Costa as well. Oh, that's awesome. Randy Costa coming off that uh, head kick, that, that was just amazing. I would like to mention him if you want to say if you want to talk about best knockouts of this year. That that head kick was amazing. One hundred percent. All right, we'll round it off, and uh, we'll see you on next week's show. Thank you very much for joining. From me and Oscar, a very goodbye. Thank you very much.